You're inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop, a podcast dedicated to helping you get back up again, turning your pain into power, turning your trauma into triumph. I am your host, KK Smith, and I find joy in helping you get back up again. This podcast holds a space for you to grow, heal, and connect like you never have before. So grab your coffee and step inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop. Welcome to today's show, everyone. Today, we are continuing our discussion on COVID, the Delta variant, and this deadly virus that is sweeping through our world like ever before. Today, we're joined by nurse Alicia Frazier, and she is going to talk to us about different aspects of COVID-19 and what is the perspective of a nurse, what is the perspective of someone who has lived with people with COVID-19 and who have lost family members to COVID-19. So welcome to the show, Alicia. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I wanted to start with what is the history of vaccines? So, so many people are afraid of vaccines. I think it has a lot to do with just fear. I think it's safe to say that no one for having a vaccine or not getting the vaccine. I think we really need to do away with vaccine shame and just really get down to the facts. So what are basically the history of vaccine in America? Okay, so vaccines go back to cowpox. A lot of people have never really heard of cowpox. Um, it was an experiment from a cowpox was something that could pass from um, livestock to people. And this was back in the 18th century before they a, a lot of people understood that diseases were not um, curses. And they thought that diseases were caused by, you know, someone not living right. They were cursed. And so. Um, there was some scientists that noticed that the scab on the um, cows with the cowpox, um, and they did some experimentation and nasally because they didn't have like the injections back then. So anyway, they came up with that part of once the cowpox got the scab that whatever was in that was causing some people not to get cowpox. And so that is like the first very, very primitive vaccine. We all have been vaccinated, the majority of the U.S. Um, we are considered one of the major players in the world. And um, we don't suffer from a lot of illnesses that may be in other undeveloped countries. Um, we don't have widespread polio. We don't have widespread mumps, rubella, measles, um, even chickenpox are not very common now. And all of those are because of vaccines. Now, some of those things still occur in underdeveloped countries because they don't always have access to vaccines. So vaccines have been around for a very long time. Okay, so thank you for clearing that up for us. I think that's some very vital information that many of us have not known. I think especially some of the younger population. So what is your experience in healthcare? Well, 
I've been in healthcare was probably my entire adult life, but I've been a nurse since 1996. And what types of things have you saw in healthcare? Have you ever seen anything like COVID-19 outbreak? Um, okay, well, I will say this. Different geographical areas have certain problems. And with the type of nursing I do now, you're able to see trends. And trends are just certain areas have certain things that are going on. Um, you might have one state that has a lot of back injuries. One state may have a lot of tonsillitis or cataracts. And so you do get to see things that trend in different areas. And as far as COVID-19 in my career, and I am now 51, I have not seen any type of respiratory illness like this that has been a pandemic. I've never been in a pandemic. There has been small epidemics that affect one centralized area, but the difference between an epidemic, which affects one certain area, and a pandemic is that the pandemic affects multiple, multiple areas in more than one country. And so the COVID-19 is considered a pandemic because it is affecting more than one country. And it's a global health crisis. Mm. So how has COVID-19 personally touched your life? Well, okay, so um, the first go around, I've only heard of a few people. This go around has been devastating and just devastating to our family. Last month, we lost three family members, all under the age of 45. One vibrant 24-year-old and two 40-year-olds that was looking for my sisters. And um, my niece was 24 and my sister, one was 41 and one was 40. And they both lost their lives due to uh, complications of COVID, all of them COVID-19. My um, daughter-in-law, who is pregnant, had COVID-19. My son had symptoms refused to get tested, but I'm almost sure he had it. And then my stepfather also had COVID-19 and I was the one who had to take care of all of them um, in my home. And um, it's just been devastating. It's been so really devastating. I don't know another word to use other than utter devastation. Um, and I would comment that out of everyone that was in my home, I was the only one vaccinated. And my sisters and my niece was not vaccinated. And I've had a COVID test and it was negative. You know, when you have family members that live in your home that test positive, you yourself have to get tested too. And I've also had a brother and a nephew that also tested positive, but they are doing well. Okay. Thank you for that. And the next question I want to ask you is, why is it important to think about getting the vaccine for people that may be on the fence or just full of fear about the vaccine? What would you say? Okay. Um, to address the first part, why is it important to get the vaccine? I would say it gives you something to fight with. Last year, when the pandemic first came out, we had nothing. 
um, we didn't even know to wear masks. And there was a large loss of life, very large loss of life here in the U.S. and other countries, particularly in New York. We had a very massive loss of life. And last year, we didn't have anything other than social distancing, which I'm pretty sure everybody remembers um, being on lockdown, not being able to go anywhere, curfews, as well as not being able to see your family members. Lots of people lost their jobs. Um, people are now coming off of a eviction moratorium. So a lot more people are going to be homeless because once those are lifted, a lot of people have not recouped financially from the last round of COVID-19. And so it's a double reason why vaccination is important. One is it's the line of defense that is most effective right now that we have. It has been shown to decrease severe illnesses and decrease the death toll, as well as the financial part. It is very financially straining to be sent home from work and have to quarantine for 10 to 14 days. And if you do get severe COVID, you're talking about an undetermined amount of days in the hospital as well as your recuperation phase. So it can be financially devastating to a family if the breadwinner gets COVID. Now, the second part of the question is tackling fear. I understand that a lot of people may be fearful, but there is so much more to lose when we think about the number of people that are contracting COVID and the number of people that are dying from COVID. And to have it personally experienced it, it is devastating to your family. So there is fear. But I'm not one that allows fear to paralyze me. I don't believe in the type of fear that cause inaction. I think fear can be healthy. I think it can make us go research. I think it could make us go find truth. But I don't believe in paralyzing fear that causes you to do nothing. That type of fear, I always joke with my my family that everyone in a horror movie that just stands there and screams usually gets killed mm. because of their inaction. So if we could relay that to life, you have to make a move. You can't allow fear to paralyze you to not doing anything mm. to protect yourself. Absolutely. And that's with any part of life, anything you're afraid of, it cannot keep you from making a choice. Absolutely. I was speaking with a friend the other day and I was saying I had a moment in the parking lot. And I think I said this on another show with uh, my husband and he was telling me to catch these keys. And he said, look at me, don't flinch, catch the keys because normally I will drop the keys. I will run from the keys. I will let them hit me when he's throwing these keys to me. So I looked at him and it almost was happening in slow motion and it was the metaphor of life to for me it meant don't look away you cannot look away from this no matter if you want the vaccine no matter if you don't want the vaccine but you must be present in this moment in the world it is a unprecedented time in our lives and I'm almost 50 
And I have never seen anything like this. When I see clients and they come in and they're telling me, you know, this person died this week, this person died that week. Um, two people that I know, three people that I know and more and more people in our community, more and more people that you see in churches and and at the grocery store and friends and family that you know are dying of COVID-19. So I really think it is a emergency. It is an emergency. It is. It is. What do you think about mask mandates or no mask mandates in public? Okay, so... Let's just look at briefly how the COVID vaccine spreads. It spreads exponentially. It doesn't spread one, two, three people. If one person is infected with the COVID-19 virus and they come in contact with 10 people that live in different households, okay, those 10 people then have been exposed. Some will go on to if like nobody's wearing any protection it is smaller than a droplet it's like a mist so it's tiny micro particles they're microscopic you can't see them so people are saying oh well i didn't hear nobody sneeze or you know um nobody coughed on me but it can simply be spread by breathing talking tiny particles of the virus if that person is infected and you can't see the infection the person is not going to have 105 fever in front of you you know they could have just been exposed themselves so when we look at these 10 people in a room and one person has the virus those 10 people then go home to their own environments or work or to the store and then they spread it to more people and then those people spread it to more people. So it doesn't multiply one, two, three. It multiplies 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000, and thus forth. And especially with this Delta variant and the science is there that this is more contagious. So it's easier to catch. And with it spreading exponentially like this, this is where we get the higher numbers and so many people infected and so many people in one family can die in one family, in one household because it spreads exponentially and it spreads throughout. I think mass mandates are smart. We've had them before and they worked. Mm -hmm. And that's a line of defense that stops the spread of the virus in the infection chain. You have to stop one or more areas of the infection. You have the host, the person who is first, you have the actual virus or the bacteria, but in this case, it's a virus. Then you have the host who the virus is going to live in. And then you have who they're going to transfer it to and the vehicle by which it's transferred. If you stop the spread in one of those areas, then you control it. You keep it from multiplying. So if a person has on a mask and you have on a mask and everybody in that room has on a mask, it's less likely to spread. Can it still spread? Maybe, but not as much and not as quickly if we wear mask mandates. And we've done it before. Mm -hmm. 
and we survived and the numbers went down. They actually went down, you know, so it's a smart thing to have a mask mandate. I don't think this is uh, should be politicized. I think it should be for the common good of everyone. And and this, this is answers my question to what you said. I was going to ask, why do you think with the first wave, you knew about the virus? Maybe it wasn't in your town. Maybe it was on the news. Maybe it was a neighboring town. But why do you think the virus is getting so close to everyone? And and now it's taking people that you know, it's taking the person that you might have just saw the other day. You know, and, and you answered that the Delta variant is more contagious. It's still a COVID-19 virus, but it is more contagious. Yes. Yes. And with that, when a virus is more contagious, it spreads very easily. And so it's spreading from family member to family member. And the only way to stop the spread is that we have to go back to wearing masks, stay trying to stay six feet apart. And also the vaccine has been proven to reduce, you know, people getting so sick that they end up in the hospital. And the numbers are there. I'm a living witness of that so far. <laughs> uh-huh. That um, everyone in my house had COVID, but I didn't get it. I did practice, you know, good hand washing, wearing my mask, um, sanitizing the areas when I was taking care of them, um, isolating them. But it did run around my house between the people who did not get vaccinated. And vaccination is, for the most part, uh, voluntarily. Some jobs are mandating it. And in some people don't agree with that, but I would say working with people with compromised immune systems, they may not be able to fight off COVID. And so some jobs, it is a life or death decision for that, for the people that you're caring for. You have to at first do no harm as a healthcare provider. That's the first line. You do no harm. And so, yes, I have rights, but my rights cannot impede the right of another to have a safe environment and to be able to live in the pursuit of, you know, happiness and freedom and all those things. My rights cannot override their rights. I would say that we have to be more diligent with this Delta variant and we have to take the politicalness out of it. We have to take out the fear and we have to do what we know works. And right now we know that wearing a mask works because it worked before. We know now that the vaccine does work. And so we have to do the things that we know work so that we can get back to normal. We'll never get back to normal if we don't get this disease down. Like if we don't, if we're not able to control it. You know, I've never seen anything like this in my entire career that there was something this contagious and this communicable, meaning that it could be spread in the community through simple talking to someone, you know, the cold and the flu, you know, the cold, common cold very, very rarely kills anyone. For people with compromised immune system, the flu can be deadly. 
But this thing is attacking people that may not have compromised immune systems. Neither one of my sisters had a compromised immune system. They did have some pre-existing conditions, but their conditions were in control and they both lost their life. And I think that's so important that you let our audience know is that a lot of people that are dying from COVID have no pre-existing condition. And that is true. There are people that are totally healthy that get it and they are not able to fight it off. This strand shows a lot of different symptoms and people are looking for fever and shortness of breath. And that may come, but by the time it does come, what I see in my clinical study line of business is that by the time they have the fever and the shortness of breath, they are fresh. And sometimes they make it to the hospital in time. Sometimes they don't. And sometimes even if they make it there, as in the case of one of my sisters, they have a very bad outcome. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important thing that people have to realize is that we are dealing with life or death. These are life or death decisions. Mm -hmm. And I want to also ask you, what do you say to anyone that downright, absolutely not, I am not going to take the vaccine. I will not be controlled. I will not be lied to. I don't know what's in the vaccine. Um, This is a conspiracy theory. So all of those things, let me normalize this and say that those are things that people do think about. So this podcast is not to shame anyone or not to minimize any person's feelings because I am very sure that we all have our own personal feelings and our own personal experiences. So what do you say to people that just refuse to get the vaccine? Okay, so there are people who will refuse to get the vaccine. I would say, number one, consider the cost. What would your family look like if you were not there? What would happen to your family if they lost you? That's the first thing I would say. Consider the cost because every decision that we make has a consequence, whether we make good or bad decisions. So please consider the cost. The other thing I would say to people that absolutely refuse to get the vaccine is please wear a mask. Protect yourself. Do something for yourself. Because if you do nothing, then your family can lose you. And it hurts when you lose a family member. It really, really hurts. And it can be totally devastating to them emotionally, mentally, financially. Just consider the cost. And we all have freedoms. We really do have freedoms. And in America, we have the right to die too. So there is a point where if a person refuses to get vaccinated, they refuse to wear a mask, then the choices that they're making, they need to be sure. And they need to know that this can have a very adverse outcome in healthcare. We always have people sign what we call informed consent. And informed consent is a document that states that we have told you the pros and the cons of this procedure that we're about to do. We have fully explained to you what could happen and what you could benefit from it. And so I would say everyone has a right to informed consent. You need to know 
the pros and the cons of getting a vaccine. And with that informed consent, then make your decision. But don't make your decision based on not having any facts. That's not a wise decision to make decisions based on assumptions. Make them based on something you heard off of Facebook. But go get the facts. You can go to the cdc.gov. You can go to whatever the name of your state is and put in .gov and put in COVID-19. And they will give you the facts. You could go to the WHO, the WHO, the World Health Organization, and you can get facts from them. Mm -hmm. Um, There are multiple, multiple places that you could get facts. And I would also like to add, there are people who are not, who are choosing not to get vaccinated. They do have the monoclonal antibodies for people who test positive with COVID and they are having symptoms. And um, that is a available treatment. It is a treatment that actually gives you antibodies to help fight the virus. And that's kind of like, that's not in the proactive phase. That is a reactive phase. So uh, some people get to the treatment in time and some people do not. So I would just say for those who to know that that's available, that is something that's available if you start having symptoms, then you really need to go get a COVID test and follow the doctor's instructions. Alicia, thank you for being with us today. Is there anything else you would like to tell our audience? Just be safe and know that um, we're all in this fight together. We all want to get back to normal. And my prayer is that the death toll will decrease because, like I said in the beginning of, of the interview, to lose that many family members in such a short period of time is absolutely devastating. Yeah. Well, my prayers are with you and I thank you so much. And friends, thank you for joining us today for this deep discussion on COVID-19. And we will continue our discussion next week as we dive more into this deadly virus. Thank you for joining me. And remember, friends, you can always celebrate wings and get back up again inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop. Thank you for joining me today. <laughs>